Imagine that you live in a place where sleep is a luxury, and every time you try and rest, the sounds of bullets ripping through bodies and bombs tearing through buildings wake you up. You don't know whether you'll see your father or mother again, nor your friends, because you don't know if they're dead. You can't do simple things because of the war ravaging your country and ruining your future. This is Afghanistan. That is why we have to withdraw from Afghanistan, because firstly, it's illegal. Three days after the 9-11 attacks, John Howard, then our Prime Minister, invoked Article 4 of the ANZUS Treaty, which states that members of the Alliance must act to meet the common danger. But the key takeaway is this. America did not even formally declare war on Afghanistan until a month later. Even worse, the American Congress didn't actually declare war. Only Congress can declare war, so all this 20-year bloodshed is illegal. It's actually a war crime to be fighting there. That's why we need to vacate Afghanistan. We cannot be part of a crime against humanity. Secondly, what common danger do our government and America have? Certainly not Afghanistan, certainly not Iraq or Iran, and certainly not Al-Qaeda, because neither of them have attacked our shores. Other jihadist groups have never threatened the peace, freedom, and security of our democracy. So in light of the existence of no virtual common dangers, we need a call for the immediate withdrawal of the Australian troops. Otherwise, the government is wasting their lives for a meaningless cause. Sylvia Hale, a former Greens member for New South Wales, said in 2008 that this is not Australia's war. We have no reason to have soldiers there. Not only is our occupation oblique to the point of utter inco incoherence, but it leaves a lasting hatred of America and Australia and their occupation of Afghanistan. It will impinge on Afghanistan's progress as a sovereign country. Think of it like a chokehold, the hands of democracy crushing Afghanistan's throat. Now think for a moment how eerily similar this war in Afghanistan is to colonization. I mean, if you look at it objectively, we are essentially colonizing Afghanistan by insisting that they change to fit to Western values and ideas. In 2019, coalition forces, along with a minority of local military and police units, controlled 53.8% of Afghanistan. That is more than we should be controlling, and the fact that only 12.3% is held by the Taliban shows you the domination of coalition forces on this land compared to the Taliban. We control so much, we're allowing history to repeat itself. Coming from a person of Indian heritage, this idea of modern colonization doesn't sit too well. I think for most of us, the feeling is mutual. We know that colonization incites hatred, hatred incites conflict, and conflict breeds catastrophe. We know that hatred is a modus operandi for a lot of, mo for a lot of insurgent groups. As such, we know the chaos they can cause. Therefore, we should withdraw and enable the Afghani people to find a solution in order to find their own future away from the hatred. Most importantly, we need to realize that opposing Middle Eastern fundamentalism was a threat to American capitalism, not global democracy. America's avarice for wealth and recognition to destroy anti-capitalist sovereignties is a hard pill to swallow, and even harder when you know they are forcing this charlatanic democracy pill down our throats. Sylvia Hale also stated, you cannot impose regimes upon countries that you will be able to place the sort of government that you might want. She is correct. We have effectively invaded and transgressed a sovereign state and have imposed democracy on a country that, 
if it were stronger both politically and economically, would have instantaneously declared war on Australia and America just like that. According to Brown University's Cost of War Research Series, the Coalition of the Willing, spearheaded by the USA, has donated more than 15,000 sons, daughters, fathers, and mothers to this invasion. Because of this, more than 3,000 soldiers have been killed in action. That is at least 3,000 families torn apart because of America's childish insistence on protecting democracy. A further 500 for media, humanitarian aid, and NGO workers. Nearly 110,000 in local police, military forces, and civilians have lost their lives because of this unnecessary conflict. Sure, the Taliban have committed unspeakable acts in the name of their courts, but it cannot be worse than our government's decision to follow America's four democratic agenda. Naysayers may ask, if we leave, what happens to the local allies and the civilians as well? Do we leave them at the non-existent mercy of the Taliban? And that will be in a lot of our minds if we choose to leave. And as of July 10, 2021, the Taliban control has increased in the past three years. But you have to realize that this is a centuries-long conflict, harking back to the Mongolian invasion and the Persian Empire. This is tribal warfare, whether you like it or not. The group with the most power and influence are the leaders of the nation. Each and every Afghani family and their ancestors have been through this before. The Soviet Union tried to control and eradicate a fundamentalist group terrorizing the locale, but they did not succeed. Who are we to follow in the muddy footsteps of a failed state? I'm not saying we leave the people who helped us behind at the mercy, by all means no. We accept them as the multicultural nation we are, or we send them to neighboring countries or other accepting nations. There is hope. On Friday, July 16, 2021, 18,000 local interpreters for coalition forces had their visas accepted. But ultimately, it is not our ethical nor moral responsibility of Australia to save them from the Taliban. We should never have been there in the first place, and if we weren't coerced to follow and act in America's name, many more lives would have been saved. In other words, it is not Australia's decision to fight for America and follow them blindly like sheep. Joe Biden said on the 18th of June 2021 that great nations don't ignore the most painful moments. And to me, Australia is one of the greatest nations in the world. But if we want to claim our greatness, then we must rise as a collective and to remind the government that what they thought was right is not necessarily the best option in the eyes of their citizens and the global law. It's time to acknowledge that they were wrong to occupy Afghanistan and withdraw.